invite you to remain standing, if you will, as we transition into our reading of the scripture this morning. Uh, we're looking at John chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Now, that was a little bit too lengthy to print the entire passage in your bulletin, so uh, I'm going to read verses 1 through 7, and then I'll invite you to join with me in the reading of verse 8, which you have before you. It's a story you'll, re- you'll remember. Hear the word of God. There was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a Jewish leader. He came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could do these miraculous signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered, I assure you, unless someone is born anew, it is not possible to see God's kingdom. Nicodemus asked, how is it possible for an adult to be born? It's impossible to enter the mother's womb for a second time and be born, isn't it? Jesus answered, I assure you, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, it's not possible to enter God's kingdom. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the Spirit is spirit. Don't be surprised that I said to you, you must be born anew. God's spirit blows wherever it wishes. You hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it is going. It's the same with everyone who is born of the spirit. Uh, This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you. Please be seated. And uh, as always, we provide an outline for your use this morning. Hope that'll uh, be helpful for you. Everybody these days is talking about and concerned about energy. We need energy to run our cars. We need energy to heat and cool our homes. And so there's lots of conversation out there about sources of energy. Should we continue to drill for oil? Should we increase our drilling for oil so that we're not dependent upon foreign nations? Should we continue mining for coal? Should we be looking for more sustainable forms of energy? All very important questions. I want to talk with you this morning about energy, not the kind of energy that runs our cars, not the energy that heats and cools our homes, but the energy that empowers our lives to live lives of faith and hope and trust in God. What is it that empowers us to live lives as followers of Jesus Christ? Where does the power come from that empowers and enables a church to be in mission and ministry in the world? The answer, obviously, is the Holy Spirit. Jesus, before he left to go back to the Father, said to the disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. And that's exactly what happened that Pentecost Sunday. The Holy Spirit uh, came as a mighty wind and as tongues of fire and filled the lives of those believers, and it set in motion what would become the church of Jesus Christ. That's the kind of power I want us to think about this morning, the kind of energy. Several years ago, I was uh, driving through the middle part of our country, and I noticed something that I don't see very often around here. Uh, For mile after mile after mile, hundreds, if not thousands, of these massive windmills with their humongous blades turning in the wind. Now, the 
the windmills were not just there as decoration. They were harnessing the power within the wind, and that those windmills were providing electrical power and energy to the people who lived in that village. One day Jesus was explaining the work of the Holy Spirit to Nicodemus. And he decided to use the metaphor of the wind because he knew there was power in wind. And he suggested that the work of the Holy Spirit works in a human life in a very similar fashion as the wind works in the world, in the earth. It's a logical metaphor because in Hebrew the word for spirit is the same as the word used for wind. I want you to think this morning about how the Holy Spirit works in us like the wind. But before we even get to that, let's take just a minute and remind ourselves of exactly what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is the reality of, the presence of Christ in us, crafting us, molding us, refining us into the people that God desires us to be. If we look at the the Godhead, the Holy Trinity, the Holy Spirit serves a very important function. It is God the Father who creates us. It is Jesus Christ the Son that saves us. It is God the Holy Spirit that sanctifies us. To sanctify means to purify. It means to, to make holy. And you see, the Holy Spirit is the ongoing work of God, of Christ, in a believer's heart and life. The children like to sing a song that goes like this. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. He's still working on me. You see, God's desire for you is not just to love you. God's desire is not just to save you. God's desire is to grow you, to take you where you are, and to increasingly, as long as there's breath in your body, to continue nurturing and developing His Spirit within you. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. If we look at the collective body of Scripture, we can identify four primary functions that Scripture gives us of the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to allude to those here, and there's some passages that you can go look up later. The Holy Spirit's work function is, number one, to comfort, to provide comfort for us in time of need. To convict, we'll talk about that in just a minute. To cultivate the fruits of the Spirit in us. We see that in Galatians 5.22. It cultivates in us the fruits of the Spirit that enable us to live God-honoring lives. And then the Holy Spirit commissions us through in our service as it equips us with what we call the the gifts of the Spirit. Now, Jesus is meeting with Nicodemus. He's talking to him about the Holy Spirit, and he uses the metaphor of the wind. The Holy Spirit works in a person's life like the wind moves. I want to suggest to you that is not an empty comparison. That's just not nice poetic language. Jesus, I believe, selects that metaphor because he knew the power of the wind as a tool to describe for us what the Holy Spirit does. Think about this. How is the Holy Spirit in your life like the wind? First of all, it is moving. 
What is wind? It's air that is moving. When it ceases to move, it's not wind anymore, is it? It's just air. If you go to a football game or a baseball game, some athletic event, and you're looking across the stadium and you look at the flag, if the flag is just hanging there motionless, what do you say? There's not any wind tonight. But if you look over there and that flag is waving around and around, it's flapping like crazy, you say, wow, there sure is a lot of wind. It's a strong wind tonight. Wind is moving. When it ceases to move, it's not wind anymore. This is a time of year when wildfires crop up all across our country. Folks out on the West Coast really have to worry about this. Every year, it seems like this time of the year, there'll be some wildfires that destroy thousands of acres of land. One of the biggest concerns that firefighters have in fighting these fires is what? Wind. Because they know that just a little bit of wind can move that fire from one place to another. It can cause it to leap over an interstate or a road. That's what wind is. Wind is about movement. Well, here's, here's, what's the connection? What's that got to do with the Holy Spirit? Like the wind, the Holy Spirit is a moving force in us. See, the Holy Spirit is not interested in keeping you where you are. The Holy Spirit is not encouraging you to just kind of settle in as you are. The Holy Spirit is about moving you and me to that next place, that next level of intimacy with God, understanding of God. The Holy Spirit is interested in taking us to new places, new experiences of the power and the goodness of God. Sadly, though, some of us, We are, some of us, in the same place spiritually that we were 20 or 30 or 40 years ago. Some of us, we can't remember the last time we opened ourselves to experience some new avenue of of, of a prayer life or deepening our understanding of of God in in an ever-expanding understanding of worship. Some of us, we can't remember the last time uh, we were open to, to attending a Bible study or doing something that would broaden our understanding and our experience of this thing we call a relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen, the Holy Spirit is not interested in keeping you the same. The Holy Spirit is not interested in keeping a church the same as it's always been. The Spirit is about movement. And I suggest that if there's no movement, it may be that there's little or no work of the Holy Spirit. This thought occurred to me as I was preparing this message. I think there's a lot of truth in this. It's a simple statement. Movement is a measure of the Spirit's work. Movement is a measure of the Spirit's work. If my Christian life is stagnant, if I'm merely just standing still rather than moving on as a Christian in my walk with God, I've got to ask myself, am I genuinely allowing the Holy Spirit to work in me? Or am I quenching the work of the Holy Spirit? If the Spirit's working, there's going to be movement. I heard about a little boy who had a, 
goldfish that he, he named Jimmy. He loved that little goldfish. He fed it. He took care of it. But you know what little Jimmy did? That little goldfish, day after day, it would swim in a little circle, just round and round and round in that little bowl. One day, the boy's parents were, were gone, and so he decided to have some fun with little Jimmy. So you know what he did? He went to the bathroom, he filled up the tub full of water. And once he had it right up to the top, he took that fish bowl with Jimmy in it, and he emptied that fish bowl into the tub. You know what that little goldfish did? It swam. It continued to swim round and round in a little circle. That's all it knew. It had no idea that there was a huge tub of water out there to be experienced and to be explored. If we're not careful, sometimes that can happen with us. As individuals and as a church, we can become so set in our routine, so settled in on on what we've already experienced of God, that we fail to understand that the Holy Spirit just might be calling us to experience even more things, more wonderful things, more broader applications of what it means to, to be a follower of Jesus Christ. There might be some things that God is just waiting for us to explore and, and experience. Because that's what the Spirit does. It's all about movement. Let me ask you this. Where is the wind blowing this morning? Where's the wind blowing in your life? Where's God calling you into some movement in your life? Think about this. Sometimes the wind is gentle. It, it's a soft breeze that blows over us like a welcome respite on a hot summer day. Some of us this summer may be visiting the beach. Or you may be hanging out by the pool, one of the local pools here in town. You know what it's like when you're laying out there in that, on the beach or you're sitting in that chair by the pool and the sun's just beating down on you and it is just as hot as it can be? You know how long, long comes a, a cloud and it temporarily uh, hides the sun? And about that time, a cool breeze flows over you. And you say, boy, that feels so good. At times, that's how the Holy Spirit works. He comes like a gentle breeze to comfort and to calm our hearts at times when we need it. Have you ever been in a season of of fear or worry or anxiety. And you pray to God and all of a sudden you just sense in your heart a calm and a peace that you know God's with you and it's all going to be okay. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Like the wind is sometimes gentle, that's how He often comes, to comfort and console. That's what my father and my brother and my sisters and I experienced a few years ago uh, in the days leading up to my mother's death. She lay there in the hospital room unconscious. 
a body that was breathing, but beyond that, nothing more, because at the doctor's suggestions, we had taken off all means of life support for her. We gathered as a family in that room. We knew that the time would soon come when she would not be with us anymore. We didn't want that. We hoped that she would sit up and tell us everything's going to be okay. But that didn't happen. But the Holy Spirit was there. And the Holy Spirit told us, it's going to be okay. And the Holy Spirit breathed into that room and into our hearts a sense of calm and peace and even joy. That those days that would have been filled with with grief and worry were filled with faith and hope and love and a celebration of her life. And we sang together, we prayed together, we worshiped together in that little hospital room. And the Holy Spirit breathed on us provided us comfort when she breathed her last, her last breath on this earth, and took her next in eternity. Listen, as believers, sometimes we struggle, we hurt, we grieve. That's when the Holy Spirit flows over us like a gentle breeze, reassuring us that He's with us. So this morning I'd ask you, where's the wind blowing? How is God wanting to give you some reassurance today that He's with you? That everything's going to work out? That you're not alone? That He loves you? Like a a gentle breeze, He wants to come into your heart and life and remind you of that. Where's the wind blowing? But there's more to this metaphor. Think about this. Sometimes, wind is fierce and powerful. Tornadoes and hurricanes have a degree of wind that's so strong that it can destroy homes, it can destroy entire neighborhoods, and leave behind a path of just total destruction. Every time I see that on the news, I just pray to God. My heart just goes out to those folks. What a horrible thing that would have to be to experience that. You know what Scripture says? Scripture wants us to understand that the Holy Spirit, as wind, isn't always gentle. Sometimes the Holy Spirit comes as a powerful fierce force in our life. This is the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the Spirit will slam with a vengeance into our lives, but with one very important distinction. He never leaves behind a path of destruction. He always leaves behind a path of deliverance. Let me explain. As a Christian, you and I might be at some point in our life where we're living a life that we know is out of sync, is out of kilter, is not pleasing to God. It's not in harmony with God's will for us. You know, maybe we're involved in a uh, 
inappropriate adulterous affair. Maybe we're involved in internet pornography. Maybe we abuse alcohol or drugs. Maybe we're doing something that's unethical in, in the workplace. Maybe there's something that we're engaged in that we just know is wrong for us as a believer. The Holy Spirit, in that case, is not going to sit back idle. The Holy Spirit is not going to pretend that that's not going on. The Holy Spirit, because He loves you and He cares about you, is going to stir within you. The Holy Spirit is going to create a restlessness within you and in an inner sense of conviction. The Holy Spirit is going to hammer away at your heart until you see the wrongfulness of your action. See, I believe that sometimes the Holy Spirit will purposely move to make your life and my life miserable as long as we're engaging in those activities, as long as we're outside the will of God. But His purpose is not to destroy, but to deliver. To deliver us. And that may be where some of us are this morning. Right now, you may be feeling the pressure of the Holy Spirit pounding against your life. It's not to complicate your life. It's not to destroy your life. It's to deliver you. You know, when the wind of a tornado or hurricane becomes fierce, and powerful, what are we told to do? We're told to get out of the path of the wind. Do it as fast as we can. Seek cover. When we're talking about the wind of the Holy Spirit, when it comes with fierceness and power, we're to do just the opposite. Rather than run from it, we need to go stand right in the middle of it so that we can experience the full impact of its power. We can experience the healing and the wholeness that he is so desperately trying to give us. So the question this morning for you is, where's the wind blowing? Is the Holy Spirit beating against your heart, beating against your life right now because His effort is to convict you of what you need to know, that you are not where you need to be? And there's some things about your life that you may seem like you're enjoying, that may seem like they're fun, but the Holy Spirit knows they'll end in destruction. So He's calling out to you to deliver you. If so, don't avoid the force of the wind. Go stand in the middle of it. And then remember this about the wind. The wind, and Jesus even said this to Nicodemus, it's uncontrollable. We don't know where it's going to come from. We don't know where it's going to go. We don't know when it's going to show up. 
It's uncontrollable. You know, even with our sophisticated tracking devices now, forecasters uh, at the National Weather Center, about the best they can do when it comes to hurricanes, about the best they can do is let us know that one is developing, and here's a possible path that it might take. But I like to, I like to watch the forecasters. They'll have like 30 different computer projections about where it might go. And they know that as much as they predict and project, they know that at any point, Thing could turn around and just move out a different direction. Jesus wants us to understand that the Holy Spirit is like that. We can't tell when He's going to move in our heart. We can't tell what direction He's going to take us. But our responsibility is to be open to allow His work in us whenever He shows up. Have you ever had times where the Spirit prompted you Maybe you're in a worship service or maybe there's a song that really touched your heart or some other act of worship and and you feel the prompting of the Spirit to get up, walk down to the altar, surrender that thing or make some commitment of your life to Jesus Christ. You just felt the nudging of the Spirit to do that and instead you just sat there like a knot on a log. You ever done that? We all have. We can't know when the Holy Spirit's going to move. We, we don't know how the Holy Spirit's going to stir within us. But, but when it happens, you know what we need to do? We need to hoist the sail and capture its influence and let it take us where we need to go. Hoisting the sail may mean acknowledging that addiction or acknowledging of that weakness in your life and allowing Him to steer the craft. It it may mean acknowledging that sin that you're engaging in and allowing Him to lead you out of that and away from that. It means laying aside the attitude, we've always done it this way, and being open to new revelations and new opportunities of how God might be inviting us to experience Him. It's our responsibility if we truly want to experience the life-giving, life-changing power of the Holy Spirit, to hoist the sail and go where He leads. Where's the wind blowing? In your life. Where's the wind blowing? In this church. There's power in the wind.